0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today, and my name is Emily Newton. And joining us on the show is Dan from DMF Evolve in the UK. What's going on, man? How are you doing today?
2: Yeah, good. Thank you very much for having me on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're definitely excited to have you on and, you know, see what value you're going to be able to add to our listeners. Now, before we dive into the nitty gritty of everything that you have going on at DMF Evolve, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place?
2: Yeah, so we are a, we do sort of focus on small group personal training. So it's a boutique gym, really nice, sort of proud of the sort of settings. It's something I. Um, envisaged how I wanted it to look so that when people turn up to the gym it wasn't just an, a regular gym it's like a real escape from reality so it's a yeah it's kind of dark or moody lighting and nice plants everywhere and, and all that kind of stuff so I wanted it to be a real special place to be when people train uh, but it's more of a it's a gym that anybody can come to so we've got people from all walks of life ranging from PTs. They train with us uh, to right the way through to people who are sort of sixty years old, struggle with their body weight forever, uh, desperately you know moving to change their health and well-being, and uh, yeah, a real a real range of people, and that's kind of how we uh, we model ourselves is to be able to help everybody no matter what level they're at.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I mean, what made you want to start the gym in the first place?
2: Uh, well, so <laughs> I think. I don't want to go on too much about, like, I think mental health is a huge thing right now and it has been for me since I was a teenager and it's something I struggled with massively all the way through my 20s. Um, training and fitness was a real escape for me so it really helped uh, develop and work work to to kind of fix that, that part of my life and and something I did all through my 20s was just kind of wanted to be the guy on the front of the men's health magazines and. I don't know why I just thought that, that would fix everything and I train and train and trains and did all this yeah. stuff and there was one time and I walked into a, a bodybuilding gym in, in East so around the corner and I walked into the gym and I was quite a lot smaller than I was now or I am now sorry I walked in I've never seen people like this before in my life it was these huge guys all just like bowling ball shoulders um and I instantaneously walked out and didn't go back for a year because it wow. was absolutely the most intimidating atmosphere I'd ever walked in in my life.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, fast forward a year on from that, I went back in and actually they turned out to be really nice blokes. We had a, you know, they helped me quite a lot with so, so many things. And they were just, it was just that it was my own issue to get over. But I can obviously see how people feel when they walk into a gym. Mm-hmm. It's very intimidating. You've got a little, gym bunny girls tottering around in their little leggings and sports tops and things like that. And, you know, to a busy mum of three, that's going to be quite scary, I would imagine. And then to, to guys who are trying to get in shape and maybe not so much, and a middle-aged men like me, walking into a gym, seeing loads of 20-year-old guys with stringer vests on, all hanging around the bench press, it's probably not going to be for them and they won't get those results. So DMF was created to initially primarily helped those types of people sort yeah. of people who were nervous intimidated felt really yeah. out of place but we've kind of developed and uh, i'm going to cheesily throw our brand name in, evolved into um where we're at now which is they are our primary kind of people we have in but also we've got people who are already you know further down further down the chain and in, in their sort of fitness journey for want of a better term and uh I think you do a really good job of helping them all.
3: Yeah, I mean,
1: I think that's cool, um, especially that you identify people that need help because you're right. That is intimidating as a mom with kids, or you know, as a middle aged middle aged man that's really just trying to get back get back into shape. So I think it's cool that you kind of fill the, the gap for those people that definitely needed your help there.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's a tough one, I and mean, it's it's hard, but it's uh, it's definitely. I think mean, it's tough for to sort of reach that middle ground, but I think we've managed it. It's taken some time to get there though, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. So something that you mentioned earlier was mental health. Is that how the reason that you decided to start working out and getting into training?
2: No, um, no, I think it's, I've always been sporty um, since I was a kid. I didn't get anywhere because I was really small until I was about 18. Um so it took a long time for me to get you know anywhere. Uh, so I used played quite a lot of football or soccer as you guys like to call it. And um but because I was so small, I never got in never got anywhere. Mm-hmm. And then I started sort of filling out a little bit and started to progress through. Um and I've just always, yeah, I don't know. I just always loved all like I used to play five or six different types of sport when I was a kid.
3: Yeah.
2: And um as I grew older, obviously that, that kind of falls by the wayside. And then you just I found a gym, I found a training, and it was more it was all aesthetics based, I'll be honest. I just wanted to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then it's and now it's changed and like I say, the mental health side of things is, is now my main focus. It's all about how that makes you feel.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love it a lot. Actually um so if I'm a mom and I'm living in the UK, right? I feel intimidated going to let's say a big box gym that you, may, you guys may have up there. How do I find you? Like, how are you getting your clients in? Like, how are your clients, how do your clients know that you exist?
2: This is where we struggled over the last six months. So our Facebook account, which is where we most of our um, lead generation was disabled. It's very hard work with them. As I imagine most business owners struggle with from time to time. So we've, we have just recently started to look at We haven't actually done any recruitment uh, up until recently because we just wanted to sort of consolidate everything and make our products better which we which i think we've done and so but now it's more we do lots of things like local referrals we like to do we've just been at a business expo we want to do branch out into more into sort of helping local businesses with their, their um with their staff and their team members and yeah, it's normally word of mouth. We've run some adverts, et cetera. We've, I think historically we've relied so heavily on Facebook adverts that it's to our detriment. So I've been moving our sort of lead generation and marketing away from that. And I think Facebook is struggling as a platform now anyway because obviously you can see they're laying off quite a lot of their staff. So, yeah, I think... That's kind of a mistake that I've made over the years, just relying on that one one sort of funnel of, of, of sales, really.
1: So, are you saying are you saying using Facebook ads or just like the platform Facebook for Legion?
2: So we do both. So we do uh, we do we've actually moved a little bit more over to Instagram. We're finding that that gets more. <clears throat> I think that's getting more awareness, more brand awareness for us in, in the local area. And, and obviously, Facebook, because Facebook is, is completely pay-to-play now, so they don't, if, even if you're just putting regular content out, it doesn't get very far at all, which is a real shame because, you know, our content's pretty good. Uh, so we, we run Facebook ads. We've had companies run our ads for us in the past. Um, I've just taken back over them and I've spent a long time learning how to use them. Um, and it works, but unfortunately, because it's so... The, their algorithms are so picky, especially in the health, in the health and wellness industry. That it, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's. I um, <laughs> say, we 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 haven't had a Facebook account for six months, so it wasn't really much pit point putting on it. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: we ran some ads recently, and we managed to get lots of really good quality people in through the door, but they've now disable our account again for reasons unknown. So we can't figure out why. Can't contact them. It's okay. so a bit of a pain. So again, we're just trying to focus more. on we, we actually prefer referrals. So member referrals are our best way and how you communicate that is to, you know, we want members to bring friends, family um, and, and other acquaintances in because it's people like them. And it's, you know, like an extension of the community already rather than bringing in somebody completely cold. So they'll be relatively familiar about who we are, what we do from the friend who's referred them. And we tend to find that that helps build that community better
3: okay that makes sense so
1: with the referrals that you're getting in now do you have a a system or a methodology about like how you're getting the referrals inconsistently? consistently
2: so we don't do them very often because we don't like to ask too much of our members they already you know we feel because they pay a quite a premium amount of money and they're Mm -hmm. already very supportive of us you know they, they tend to we've got members who do marketing for us they'll do you know, printing things for it—they're brilliant. You know, they're, they're so supportive in so many ways. The last thing I want to do is kind of, you know, be really cheeky. Um, so, we don't tend to do too much of that. But not normally, every quarter we run a referral campaign. Okay. And we simply we simply ask. Yeah. We we simply just say, you know, we do a, a newsletter once every sort of seven to fourteen days mm-hmm. uh, to our to our members, and within one of those every quarter we'll say. You know hey guys uh down here we're uh, we're looking to you've you know lost a few members recently we'd like to pick some members back up just like yourself we'd like uh, to offer you a referral deal and then we would offer them in the past we've off, we've offered things like a training top you know good quality like a night training top to say thank you and people turn it down they actually say you know we just we're happy to help which is amazing so we just we just ask. I think, isn't it, You know, it's just honest. We're not we're not trying to sell them anything, and we'd happily give them something to say thank you. But for the most part, they just go, "Don't worry." We also do. Um, I should have brought some home with me, but we we like doing things like um, a, a, a thirty. We do thirty day trials, so we do okay. a free thirty day trial card, and we'll ask. We'll hand it to members uh, uh, periodically and say if you've got anybody that you, you think here is a 30 day trial card worth 140 pounds they'll get a free 30 days with us and then what they do is they ask their friend and what I found in the past is if you just give them the voucher they'll take the voucher and they can get thrown in the drawer so what we do is we ask them to fill their details out and hand the voucher back to me and then I call them and that works that works really really well because so, I get to I get to talk to them. I think yeah. it put, puts their mind at ease when you get somebody who's not too sort of gotcha. overbearing on the phone.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. So Facebook ads, referrals, word of mouth, Instagram, and you also have that 30-day free trial. So after somebody comes to your gym, comes to DMF evolve, like what is the client experience and the client journey like?
2: We've recently changed that as well. So we have. We have a whole onboarding system, which we used to give them a call, That we used to get them in, have a chat with them, show them around, and then we'd give them a welcome pack, and then scan them, and then they'd put them into a session, then take them through an intro session. Da-da-da-da. And because of, they get so much stuff, you know, there's webinars and educational areas, booklets and scans, and different types of training sessions that we do. We worked out over the... Well, Five years now, such is that that's way too overwhelming. For people, there's too much stuff. It's too much noise, mm-hmm. and people um, are really, really busy anyway. So now we give them a call and say, look, it's a money-back guarantee, 30-day trial. So if you're not happy, you don't think it's valued for money within 30 days, I'll refund you. Um, obviously, we don't start with that. But we, we sort of go through what they're trying to achieve and all that kind of thing, and then we basically just book them in, and then we book them into a group session. It's generally always with me on the first session but we put them into a group so they get a feel for what they're going to see but i take them through an intro session where i assess them i talk them through and then we spend sort of 10 15 minutes booking them onto a couple more sessions give them a welcome pack and send them on the way and then after that point there's all these automated messages that they get from our our system that sort of welcomes them this is what to do here then, it's, then once they are booked into once they've done about a week to two weeks. I generally try to gauge it, not always successfully. Just see what type of person else. They so if they're like hundred miles an hour, they're like, oh my god, like you know. The last thing we want to do is be ringing them all the time and stressing them out. So we just sort of give them a room, sort of maybe seven to fourteen days into the trial. How are yeah. you getting on? Are you okay? Are you booking into? I'll check and see if they're booking into sessions okay.
3: Yeah. And then we'll say,
2: right, let's have a sit down chat, and then we do a strategy session which lasts about thirty minutes week three or four of their trial and then we figure out what they want to do from that point, set some goals, assign them a coach as well. So one of us will then um personally coach them with their goals with like, either nutrition lifestyle. And yeah. um and then we go from there and it's it's a lot better. It's a lot it's working a lot better. It's definitely yeah. not perfect, but it's okay. it's a lot better.
1: So I mean with the system that you have now and especially uh, this you guys have incorporated like some nurture in there as well, would you say that when they get down to that strategy strategy ses, session, that they're sticking around for the long run.
2: Because it's quite new, and we've not done any recruitment since probably 2021 now. Um It's hard to say at the moment because it's just a new influx. So we've got around that 10 or 12 people on trial at the moment. Mm-hmm. The so and they're coming towards the end of their their trial. So I'm not sure. So at the moment, but I get the feeling you know when i check in with them that they're feeling i get a i get a positive feeling from them whereas before i felt i felt like where we give them so much stuff Mm -hmm. they were a bit like i'm I'm not i'd get a lot more questions back so you know i'm I'm not sure what this is what does that mean so whereas now we're like I I get into session yes how are you finding it yep i'm enjoying it number of people saying uh you know what are the you know, what are the options with memberships? Can we talk about them? So obviously looking, so I'm, I'm getting a positive uh, vibe about it. So we'll, we'll see and find out in the next week.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about the future. Um, let's say you could wave, if you could wave a magic wand and have your business be exactly where you wanted it to be, what would that look like for you from the inside out? And the first thing that I want you to start with is just like, would your role as a business
3: owner change and this kind of expand from there
2: yeah I, I need to not really be on the gym for a full stop uh, getting old now as well so it's uh, it's quite hard work getting up so early and finishing so late it's a long weeks at the moment where we're sort of a couple of um, couple of team members down on on the staffing team so we need to get we need to get to a point where we can So I'm happy in terms of where we're at the moment and I feel like we've got a a bit of a nice balance and the gym's bouncing at the moment, everybody's loving it, the the feedback's great. I don't really want to lose that at the moment. I think my ultimate goal uh, um, has developed over the last few years, which was to have up to five sites similar Um, because I think once you've got that first model, you can replicate it to a a degree Mm -hmm. as long as you bring the original coaching team members in and around the other gyms to help develop that culture as well. So the ultimate goal long-term would be to have 5 evolves um, around, you know, about 100-mile radius. Um, yeah. But at the moment, I'm actually quite happy with the way things are until, until we sort of get out of this sort of economic negativity that we're seeing. And then, then I'll be looking to sort of to go again. And I need to get better at we'll get a strategy on how to recruit good quality coaches as well. That's a, that's a big that's a, that's the biggest thing I think.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. So you guys want to expand? You want to have five gyms within that um, hundred mile radius? So I mean, what is the what's the most challenging thing about being a business owner? And then what's the most rewarding?
2: um challenging is definitely is definitely the staff staffing getting getting the right people we had one of the guys who just left us matt an excellent coach he was a really nice bloke and we took around about 18 to 20 interviewees to get to that to get to him and and saying that we have a process that they have to be a member for 30 days to see where they're at to see how they train how they move
3: yeah, as, if, as a
2: trainer, and it was quite shocking, there's there's quite a number of people who weren't capable really
3: mm-hmm.
2: um to be blunt. I don't want to be all negative and and stuff, but it, it was it was just simply the case. So um there were so many, and some of the CVs that we got through we, or resumes out, out is you know it it was yeah, anyway. I won't go into that, but it's it is difficult to find really good coaches in this, and, and I think if uh if we need we need to have the budget to be able to afford to pay what is kind of expected but i think certainly over here the, the expectations of of what is what they can earn with the quality of it isn't quite isn't quite um, doesn't match
3: mm-hmm. so yeah. we we
2: found that over the years so that i think is a massive challenge for us okay um, in, in terms of what's the most rewarding Change, changing people's lives is, you know, it's, it is, it is, it's, still, it's still amazing. Like, what, I've been doing this a long time and it's, it's stressful and it's long hours and it's difficult and it's got its own challenges individually, you know, as well. But when you've taken somebody from, you know, completely unhealthy, broken to, a, you know, complete kind of lifestyle, health, wellbeing, transformation, nothing's better than that to me it's it's I, I, I still i still get such a kick out of those little light bulb moments to click on for people and i find i think even as i get older i'm still thinking how am i ever going to come away from that you know just to run the is. i just i don't know if i can do it so um and my peers and friends and people who i look up to just you know they laugh at me and they're like well you're gonna to have to do it at some point and we need to prepare a signal like that, but, you know, every time I step away from it, I miss it. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, couldn't agree with you more. It's really cool to see people's lives change. And it makes, you know, all the stress and the work is definitely more than worth it, you know. For sure. So with that being said, this is a really good place to wrap things up. But before we sign out, tell our listeners where they can find you.
2: So our Facebook, uh, Facebook page is just DMF Evolve, which is uh, pretty straightforward. So facebook.com forward slash DMF Evolve. Same as our Instagram handle, which is for, uh, DMF Evolve as well. I have started, I used to originally be an online coach with loads of clients. And I've decided to do a little bit of that to help those people who can't A, get to us or can't quite afford us. And that's damage and Coaching. And I think, yep, that's the three sort of main platforms that we're on.
1: All Dan. Well, thank you so much. You know, we definitely appreciate your time and contribution to our podcast and look forward to seeing when you guys do open those uh, five new gyms in the UK. So to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. Also, if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be t- in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out.
0: Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Joseph, and I'll be your host today. And joining me on the show is Taylor from Creed Strength and Fitness in Chico, California. Welcome to the show, Taylor. How are you doing today? Doing good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 100%. I am extremely excited to have you here in the podcast today to learn more about what you have going on at your gym business. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business stuff, you know, when you first founded the idea of this gym business, you know, what was your vision
5: for it long term? So, you know, I got out of um, working for other people almost four years ago now, and you know, being a, being a trainer in multiple different cities, uh, seeing the way, you know, every sort of gym worked out. Um, I just, I had an idea of what I wanted and, and where I wanted to take it, you know, and, and instead of being limited by somebody else's dream and somebody else's gym and their, their business strategy, I wanted to be able to have my own freedom, um, yeah. with freedom in it with equipment choices, um, you know, clients and, and the, the demographic who I wanted to train. So I got into, I opened up my own gym with the idea of, you know, expanding my my clientele to to high school athletes, junior high athletes, and then all the way up to, you know, young professionals. And then, you know, even the retired, you know, community as well. So anything in between we've, we, we were able to do here. Um, and, I wanted to you know impact more people, yeah uh, where I felt like the the gym I was at previously for about three and a half years here in Chico, uh, you know it was very, you know had a very specific demographic that they were targeting,
3: mm-hmm.
5: and there wasn't a lot of room for growth. I kind of maxed out you know my positions and my 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 you know growth as a professional. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, you know, head off my own and do the work to create what I thought would be, uh, you know, something of value in the community. And so we're, we've been, you know, working for, you know, helping just create better, you know, a better way of life, you know, better quality of life for people, you know, um, increase performance for athletes, um, getting people to really dive, dive, uh, dive into, you know, commitment and taking action for themselves, you Mm -hmm. know, in their own health, you know, nobody's going to be out there doing it for you. And, you know, so that's kind of my, my creed, my motto, you know, know, is have courage, take action, make the commitment. And so um, that's where we, that's where we've been going. I love
4: that Taylor. Thank you for sharing that. So our listeners can gain like an understanding of who you are, but you know, for someone who doesn't know about, you know, your gym, what is it that you guys do? Like in terms of service offerings, what do you offer to your clients?
5: Our main offering is uh, semi-private personal training. So, or, or small group personal mm-hmm. training. So we max out our classes at about 10 people. Um, you know, I am on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're doing our strength training with mobility, okay. uh, This I ask people to kind of commit to a single time so that those class sizes can stay on that lower end of of 10 or less. Mm -hmm. And that way I can offer, you know, individual coaching in the sense of form, technique, and even programming. You know, we have a a template, a an idea for each day, you know, a workout written down. Mm -hmm. But each individual, depending on their needs or their ability levels or, you know, training age. We will adjust sets and reps. We'll adjust the exercise or, or you know, a modification of a certain exercise. Not everybody in, in here is doing back squats.
3: Yeah.
5: So I'll have people from a stability ball wall squat to a suspension trainer squat to a goblet squat, you know, to a barbell squat. A good variety there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really something that, you know, is for anybody, no matter what, you know, level they're at, whatever experience level they have. And so we, we offered the semi-private training, um, with that specificity of each individual on an as need basis, Mm -hmm. you know, we build them up, progress them, you know, through the, through the different progressions of exercise and exercise variety. And that's, that's the bulk of Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday is usually a lower body emphasis. Wednesday is going to be upper body. And then we trap bar deadlift and do a kind of a total body on Friday. And then Tuesday, Thursday is to fill in the gap there. Our conditioning days so we do everything from you know any sort of circuit training or hit mm-hmm. or tabatas and you know we also have a big mobility emphasis on the first half of those tuesday thursday sessions where we're taking each group through mobility um, to you know help prep them for that overall health
4: making sure that they aren't missing out on a certain aspect of their fitness and health
5: exactly we're kind of like a kind of like to do it all so whether it's like hey and we start everybody with foam rolling or any soft tissue work that we you know need them to do whether it's with a lacrosse ball or foam roll or hard medicine ball
2: Mm -hmm.
5: you know work on those you know tweaks and twinges work on anybody's you know you know mobility issues you know i use the functional movement screen Mm -hmm. to assess my clients and to give them an idea of hey this is where you're lacking in mobility or lacking in stability and then you know, with, with the exercise that are prescribed for how they score, Um, you know, we, we, we make sure that each day they're doing a little bit of something to help them with that. Okay.
4: So, you know, a whole week of a variety of classes you offer, you know, semi-private with personalization to, you know, general population and athletes. So, you know, thank you for sharing all that. It's a great benchmark where we're going to bring this podcast today. So I am curious cuz you've been in business for about 4 years now. What has been the best part of running this business and what has been the hardest part so far?
5: The best part is getting to work with, you know, athletes, getting to work with grandmas and moms and dads who just want to live a better quality of life, you know, yeah. and helping them be able improve, to serve. Yeah, be able to serve, you know, help them improve their function and go out to the real world, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of these, for most people coming in these doors, you know, they they just want to feel better and, and be able to function and yeah. be able to enjoy life, you know? So it's not so much about, you know, coming to the gym every day because that's, you know, it's the gym. It's come to the gym so that you can do X, Y, and Z. Go do your bucket list, no matter how old you are, mm-hmm. you know, get onto that varsity team if you're a, you know a high school kid, you know? Or just be able to play with your grandkids, or chase chase your, your your you know junior hire around, you know.
3: Yeah.
5: So that's that's you know that's that's what I've really loved and you know and have accomplished here. Um, you know the hardest part is you know as a coach, a guy who's a coach and has been a coach, uh you know a strength a strength coach, a personal trainer for you know third oh almost thirteen years now. Um, you know the hardest part. Is running the business, you know, is uh, getting down behind the computer and just typing away, answering emails, sending out newsletters, you know, finding content, you know, to post. And for me, like personally, the guy who would rather work with his hands and be, you know, training people, it's harder to step back and create and 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 stay consistent with um, like social media, uh, marketing, advertising. You know things like that. That's probably for me. That's the hardest thing. As so, a so basically, like
4: handling all the business side of things. So marketing, all that stuff that is quote unquote the boring work that nobody wants to do, but you
5: gotta do it. Okay, so gotta do it. It's it's a uh, it's necessary, you know, to grow and to you know get onto that next next level that you want to be. It is. And, You know, it's it's been hard with social media because you know our attention spans are are shortening, are extremely
4: shortened now because of reels and TikToks and YouTube Shorts, all of those certain things that
5: are ruining our our brain basically. And so, where you know, back when I first started, you know, you could run a Facebook or Instagram ad, and you get a lot of feedback, right? Yeah. Whether it's you get a lot of emails for your email list, or you get a lot of interest, people asking questions. You know now it seems like you know somebody's got to see something. I think I, I don't remember the actual number, but the, you know it used to be like five or six times that somebody you'd have to get in somebody's face to see yeah. it for, see it and action on it. Now it's like tripled or double or something like that. It is extremely crazy nowadays
4: because not only is it that we're like desensitized to the social medias, but we are far more educated buyers than we ever have been because we're able to look up something in a matter of a second, we can find everything that we want. So I'm curious here, you know, long-term with your business, Taylor, like what is the ideal situation for your gym business? Like, like perfect
5: gym. What does that look like for you? For me where I'd like to be eventually down the road is I'm in about a 2,800 square foot facility here, Mm -hmm. Uh, so a pretty decent studio size. Um, You know, short term here, I'm really wanting to be you know 80 to 90 clients, where I'm I'm hovering around between 60 and 70. Yep. And about if I get 90 clients in here, that that's a pretty comfortable place for me. You Mm know, 80 is comfortable. 90 would be even more comfortable. But, you know, I really would like to expand out um, into a bigger location, you know, so that I can offer more. Yeah. And have, you know, multiple groups going at the same time as opposed to right now, I'm kind of just dictated to one group, one time per time slot. Yeah. You know, and it's myself doing a lot of the work. I do have one employee who helps me, one, one another personal trainer who helps. And, um, you know, but be able to like, help more coaches and get more, you know, coaches in here who want to grow, and want to learn and get their feet wet. And, and, yeah. And know. go
4: back to your roots of you want to serve people and improve their life and their health yeah. and not only their health, but also their career because it goes hand in hand. So, exactly. you know, I'm curious because obviously you just said you want to grow and expand. So what do you have to do
5: moving forward to, you know, achieve that goal, Taylor? Yeah. That's a good question. And I'm working on that, you know, right now with um, a group who's, you know, business growth um, minded stuff, you know, so I, am I've, I've, you know, I have about 400 people on email list. So that'd yeah. be number one would be to grow that, you know, here with, you know, within the community locally, you know, yeah. you can post all day on on social media and it goes out to all over the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to target. It is extremely
4: hard to target if you don't know how to do it correctly. And yeah,
5: yeah. you know, so target, you know, focusing in and targeting more of the local stuff. Um, Chico's a town of about 110,000 people. Okay, not not crazy big, not crazy small. Not bad though. That's... You know, not bad. You know, and I've I've come to realize as a business owner that it it really comes down to referrals. It really comes down to getting into getting in front of people face to face. So, you know, I've done some local, you know, some, some one of the local businesses, uh, you know, they'll do a health fair. So yeah. doing that kind of stuff, more in person, you know, interactive things mm-hmm. uh, to just make yourself be known and show what you have to offer. And, um, you know, uh, that's probably one of the biggest things, you know, getting more consistent with social media is always going to help percent. I mean, with the
4: way the world is going, obviously you can tell it's all technology, social media, internet. So it's, yes, like the events and the referrals are definitely amazing. Cause you know why? Cause they're free. All they cost is your time and you're able to convert people easier through those because you already have that face-to-face connection, which is what us humans, we biologically desire. Um, uh, so yeah. I'm curious, you know, with the events and the referrals, how many people does that normally bring in, you know, to your facility each and every month or every
5: week? Yeah, not as much as I like, but, um, you know, I, I, I have to take full responsibility of that in the sense of, um, you know, it, it, everything's in that follow-up, right. Yep. And, and even Follow though up wins they, trust. Yeah. trust wins deals. That's right. So even though they're my own clients and they, they, they enjoy being here, it'd be something I I could work on to really follow up with my clients. to get them here. Like I have this thing, like bring a friend Friday. Right. And you know, I have it posted. Everybody knows about it. You know, I've I've talked about it, but just reminding them, Hey, bring your friend, bring your friend. So I, you know, it's something that if you're going to post something Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Yeah, get Repurpose people. it as much as you possibly can and
4: get as many eyes on it as you it, possibly can.
5: Exactly. So that would be, uh, you know, something to work on, but, you know, referrals probably bring in, you know, a handful of people a month mm-hmm. um, or bring a friend, a handful of people a month, you know, like three, four or five.
3: Yeah, And,
5: you know, the, the offerings, the deals, you know, in the holiday season that we're coming into, you know, really getting, getting, uh, finding more ways for people to, to, to come in and experience this at a, at a, at a low cost. Yeah. You're like, able to, to leverage
4: ways. the holidays to really get those people in. Cause everyone, I mean, the, the new year is literally like a month away and right. everyone's like, man, I really should get healthy and fit, but I think I'll just wait. And then, you know, like an advertisement or something like that, or like an event comes up, it's like, oh wait, maybe I should do it like right now.
5: So, yeah. yeah. So I'm working on something for the right now. In fact, um, first thing I'm I'm doing right now is I already have made and um, designed a, a 10 session punch card that people can buy as a gift. Okay. Right? And so, it you know, 6 it'll expire in six months from the point of purchase, that type of thing. So just kind of, so, so people can actually take something and say here, Merry Christmas, or, Hey, I, I bought this. I want to gift it to you. Why don't you come check out the gym I'm at, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, I'm, you know, putting that into play. Um, one thing I'm working on is a nutrition challenge for January. Like, you know, everybody's going to be hitting January, but have them start going, coming in now. Like, yeah. So I know that momentum January, going into the new year, yeah. but you when know, the next, you know, for the you know for december just come in two days a week or something you know mm-hmm. kind of offer that that little extra you know on top of what they're already going to want to do in in january but have them just start getting their feet wet start getting that that ball rolling in december so that's that's something i'm that's my next okay. offering that's that's going to be going out here in the next week that's is, interesting nice is, i like, like that idea pre-prepping uh, and, and getting people's mind thinking about January, but also don't just wait, but start, start a little bit now. Yeah. It's like a mixture of future pacing, but also putting the
4: work right now so that mentally you can build up, build the momentum up for when the new year comes, you're able to just literally sprint into 20, like 2023 and just take advantage of it. Um, So, you know, you bring people in through, you know, referrals and the events. So I'm curious, you know, when someone does come to your facility what does the sales process look like
5: from cold lead to new member? Yeah. So I set up a time to meet with them, um, have them do a couple trial sessions okay. and get them, get them in, do it, do the screening, do it, you know an assessment, you know, talk to them about their goals and where they're wanting to take their fitness and health um, show them what we do, you know, like, I, you know, really, there's, I could talk all day long, but like, it's really like, hey, come, I'll give you, you know, a week for free, mm-hmm. you know, and if you like it, then we'll, we'll dive into the assessment and, you know, of the functional movement screen and and then get you going from there, you well, know, so it's really, you know, once they, once I can talk to somebody and get them in here and explain what we do, mm-hmm walk them through it, give them a handful of sessions for free. You know, I, I I'm pretty good with that, that buy-in and that retention after that. Okay. And, you know, and then also talking them through nutrition, you know, Hey, I've got, show them all the other stuff I offer, you know, nutrition, coaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, the different packages we have of you know whether it's nutrition and exercise or just the exercise portion if it's just three days a week or they want to come four to five
1: mm-hmm.
5: walk them through that you know and say hey when do you want to get started yeah, let's, do, know, it. let's yeah. do it yeah yeah so
4: you so, sit so- them down you get to know them a little bit and then you know you know kind of like offer them whatever they want as you know kind of like as a prescription because it's like a solution to them right Right. So it's not like you give them like a cookie cutter program of like, here, you're just going to throw in to be, you know, just throw you into here, but you doing more personalized approach.
5: Yeah. You know, the assessments key with that, you know, talking about aches and pains, injuries, previous injuries, you know, what are they struggling with? Um, so I can say, Hey, like when, when you see corrective exercise on the board or mobility on the board, yeah. right. It's not just something we pull out of the hat. It's actually something specific to you. Um, you know definitely you know have them make, make sure you know them you know in their body mm-hmm. so I use that first session when I'm just walking through the warm-up and seeing where they're restricting and what are what's restricted and you know so that way I could adapt the warm-up if I need to or adapt the you know if you know their their training history adapt the exercises as needed all right I'm not going to take somebody i don't know and throw them under a barbell right away you know not a good know. idea <laughs> not yeah. a good idea. so you know we will i i definitely will you know advise them and tell them look you're new to me you don't know me i don't know you so i want to watch how you move and then from there right then we will get you onto whatever level you feel more comfortable with you know if you yeah. i got somebody coming in that, like yeah i left such and such place and i, I barbell back squatted there. You know, I probably will say, all right, show me a goblet squat first. You know, even then. It's like, you know, just be smart with it, you know, and just tell them like, hey, the first couple of weeks we're gonna ease you into it, right?
3: Yeah. So we you know, don't, don't overwork
4: know. them or their body doesn't react in a you know negative way of them, you know, exercising.
5: Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the the sit down of, you know signing paperwork and, you know, what's, what, what do you want? How, you know, what membership do you want? That kind of comes, you know, after we've, we've worked together a little bit and I've shown them, you know, the benefit of what, what we do here yeah. and showed them that value. So. Yeah. I love
4: that process because you're able to understand them more and not just give them a random program that they may not perform well in. I love that. Um So, You know, I'm kind of curious here with your business because I love what you're doing on like the training side of things. I think it's great and, you know, the sales process there. So I'm curious, you know, what is the biggest bottleneck right now that is holding you back from achieving, you know, your
5: larger goals in like the long-term? Well, well, the economy doesn't help right now. 100%. And the the time of the year, of course. But um, everybody's busy and stuff. Um, I mean, honestly, for me, it's... uh, it's, it's more of being able to afford paid advertising, you know, and that paid marketing stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really, my ball neck comes down to it's all on my shoulders to do it organically
3: yep.
5: and, you know, get, get more emails out, get more people on my email list, get more people looking at, you know, local people looking at my posts and, yeah. and social media, um, you know time is money so you know it sure is money. yeah it's time you know. sure is money and so it's it also it's hard to find you know events to get you know get out there and go to um mm. you know there's not a lot of them up here where you can just easily drop into a business you know yeah. but um you know there's there's certain things you could do i know that for sure when it, you know you could for instance like Send gift baskets or gift cards, you know, or things like that to businesses here locally. Um, that's something I've never tried, but just as we talk, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's maybe, that's a- maybe if you try it, see what happens there. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that's probably my biggest bottleneck is just a, you know a little bit lower of a budget for that extra marketing
4: extra of- so to say oomph in terms of you know getting people through your door. Exactly, yeah, okay, awesome. so. You know, last question here for you, when you first got into this business, what is that one piece of advice that you wish that you had when first starting?
2: It's a good question. Um,
5: probably would be to, to get better at, you know, the social media, get better at the technology side. Yeah, you know, um that stuff that that's something that just doesn't come easy for me you mm-hmm. know because because of time because of you know working in your business versus working and not on it business. yeah and so i think uh i mean i had I had, a, I had some good advisors and people kind of helping me along the way and talking about vision talking about you know planning mm-hmm. um you know, how to build a culture and stuff like that. And I've done that. I think the, the biggest point that I probably missed um, from the beginning was you really how much that social media presence mattered.
3: Yeah. And where, I agree
5: with you. It is more focused on building the business through people and relationships yeah. um, in person. You know, it was, it, it, it became and is hard for me to do more like online. Mm-hmm you know you know i work 5:30 to a you know most days about 12:30 yeah so uh, you're grinding every single day and yeah and then I, you know and then i have my afternoon sessions you know mm-hmm. that you that that's you know extra 2 to 3 hours in the afternoon mm-hmm. um you know depending on the day here with my schedule and so you know it's 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 finding balance of taking care of yourself on your break eating lunch you know working out getting your workout in um yeah. you know right now i'm I'm training for a powerlifting meet in January. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I like to do. all the- goes well there. Yeah. yeah, thank you. And so it's, yeah, and so you get, it's like, you've got to time manage really well, you yeah. know. So Getting discipline, work, time like, management, and-, and working on the business and leaving that time to do more. And so yeah. more on the business. Exactly. I agree 100% with you. Those are very important points for the listeners. But, Taylor,
4: I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can listeners find you on your social medias and/or your website?
5: Yeah, website's creedstrength.com and social media is, is, is Creed Strength, um, Creed Strength and Fitness. So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Creed Strength and Fitness.
4: Awesome, Taylor. Thank you for sharing that. And I want to thank you for spending you know, an hour here on the podcast, taking your time out of your day to contribute to the show for the listeners and to everyone else who tuned in today. We appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
1: Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Peter Kraus from Peter Kraus Fitness, located in Madison, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show, Peter. How are you today?
7: Very good. Thank you very much for having me.
6: Awesome. I'm excited to have you on. Um, but before we dive into the business and how you run it, um, first tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place.
7: Uh, oh, wow. That's <laughs> a lot of things. So uh, where do I start? When I was 19 years old, I started modeling. When I started modeling, um, just to give you a very quick, fast version, I developed an eating disorder for being in the uh, industry that was not uh, helpful in teaching you how to be fit but it was expecting you to be fit. And so without the knowledge, I developed very bad tendencies in my eating habits and got very sick, very unhealthy and realized I wanted to make a change. So long story short, I went to school for nutrition, nutrition, led me into fitness, fitness, led me into wanting to provide a gym eventually that had a uh, coach on staff for uh, health and nutrition specifically. And That didn't happen right away, just started working as a personal trainer. As a personal trainer, I started to open up my own business with in-home personal training, and that was doing really well. And it got to a point where I developed some fame on a random TV show, uh, reality TV, and that allowed me to do boot camps all over the country. So I took my in-home personal training kind of nationally into these boot camps. And with these boot camps, I was doing really well every single weekend to the point where I could start to save up enough money to where I could open the gym that I'd always dreamed of. So... I looked into what kind of gym I wanted to open, uh, where I wanted to put it, and the perfect place showed up in what's actually Middleton, Wisconsin, just outside of Madison by, you know, it's like the connecting town. And uh, it's a cute little downtown area. It was a big space, it's about 3,300 square feet, and uh, it didn't have access to a grocery store, but I figured that could come at a later date with a future gym or something like that. So everything just kind of fell in line over time, and I opened this first gym back in 2019 in but was supposed to be January and ended up being uh, April. So yeah, that's the quick, quick story of it.
6: I love that. There's so much to unpack there. Yeah. We kind of have a a similar start there. I started um, in NPC bodybuilding shows and developed Mm -hmm. an eating disorder as well. And then, and then focused on, on the health side of fitness and how, how can we make it sustainable and and yeah. realistic for everybody so i totally love hey, that started
7: you started making cookies
6: yeah exactly that's i'm like Why is the the other side? <laughs> yeah. no but i love that you you added nutrition and some sort of nutrition counseling to the gym that's that's amazing that's yeah so, so i cool.
7: went to school for nutrition that's my background as dietetics
6: awesome yeah i have a degree in exercise phys and nutrition so okay not quite as in depth on the dietetics but that's awesome that, that you include that it's it's overlooked so much i feel
7: like i'll try to so yeah
6: Um, Okay, so tell us, kind of give us an elevator pitch of the gym. What is Peter Cross Fitness? What services do you offer? How do you describe it to to someone new coming
7: in? Yeah, uh, so it's a 24-hour access facility that also has classes at a few of the locations. Um, The idea behind my gym is that it's supposed to be a little bit brighter, a little bit more fun, a little bit prettier uh, than the average gym that's out there. We have the same equipment. We're 24-hour access, like most places. I did try and buy equipment that's multifunctional to save money and time and space. Uh, but it's still like top of the line matrix equipment. It's nothing different than any other gym could get. They can all get the same stuff. Uh, the classes themselves are designed around more functional training, a lot of body weight, heavy lifts, a few Olympic or Olympic lifts here and there, but I don't specialize in any one thing like, uh, spin or yoga or anything like that. We have some of those classes kind of incorporated, but mm-hmm. I tried to make my gyms as Multifunctional as possible, so they could withstand the tank, like the lengths of time. Uh, which, not seeing a pandemic coming, actually ended up being a huge benefit because when all the studios crashed, the 24-hour gyms were able to kind of sustain. Um, in the early stages, the 24-hour gym was not making a lot of money because it takes a lot of people to fill. Versus the classes were a good, quick hit of cash when we were just starting off. So almost by accident, it turned out to be a really good business model to where I could expand very fast now, three years into it.
6: Okay. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of cater like a little bit of everything. So anyone can kind of find a place in the gym. That's amazing. Yeah.
7: And um, the, the biggest way to save money is not by having the huge expenditures like pools, um, steam rooms, uh, towel services, things like that, that are a lot of constant upkeep. Uh, once you build the gym, it's pretty self-sufficient other than general maintenance and cleaning and all that. Uh, and then staffing. And I staff pretty limited hours, just around the peak hours of people coming in and out of the gym, which is, it used to be early in the morning, sometimes in the evenings, and now it's just in the evenings.
6: Okay, great. Yeah. So kind of cutting costs on by having 24 hours. So that doesn't have to be staffed full time. Love that. Okay. Tell us, you have three gyms working on the fourth right now. Tell us kind of the difference between all four of them. How do you describe the
3: differences?
7: Um, Well, so it started with this first one, which I'm in right now, which is in Middleton, like I said, and it's Um, supposed to be kind of like the the flagship gym it was the one that I designed from my brainchild right it was like all the colors and designs and angles and all that stuff that I wanted to put in the gym all the equipment that I want to put in the gym there's rustic reclaimed wood from around Wisconsin there's actual iron posts in places there's custom-made benches the colors are very neutral to be more like general happiness everybody can kind of feel comfortable in the space Um, yeah it, it just has uh a a good feel to it when you walk into it. Um, But during the pandemic, I quickly realized that being in a smaller town uh, on the outskirts of Madison, people were more hesitant to come back into the gym during and post pandemic. And I realized that the population in the downtown area was a little bit more apt to go into the gyms at that point. I was watching how the other gyms in that area were still doing just fine. So Mm -hmm. I decided to open up a secondary gym, smaller to save cost again, closer to that population. And that's why I opened up the second one where it is. It just seemed like the right place at the right time. And in case something like this happened again, I would have access to that different population. Uh, the third location um, was pretty much just fell into my, my lap. I approached a management company, an apartment management company, and I would asked if they could uh, partner with me to get my small studios in each one of their apartment complexes And they actually had a management company existing that they were on the way out pretty much. And I just happened to fill that gap at the right time. So that one is just 24-hour access. The first one is 24-hour access plus classes. And the one downtown mostly specializes in classes, but has a little bit of 24-hour access. But the space is so small that the population won't really ever be big enough to make money off of the 24-hour access. So it's more just to have the class space close to that downtown area.
3: Gotcha. Um,
7: the fourth location is going to be very different in that it has the 24 hour access, but no classes and it will have contrast therapy. So I'm getting saunas and ice tubs uh, at that location.
6: Nice. Okay. That's yeah. so interesting. They kind of all have like a different like niche that they serve. Like they're not all 24 hour gyms. They're not all groups. Like they kind of all right. have the thing. That's interesting.
7: Right.
3: That's very
7: uh, cool. Kind of go with like what feels right at the time, right. what feels right in the place. Um, what do I think is missing from that area, but still, brings back to the general idea of 24-hour fitness.
6: Yeah, definitely. That's smart to kind of cater to the area that you're in, not just, mm-hmm. you know, overarching. Just because it's what the first one is doesn't mean they all have to be, you know, exactly right. the same. But yeah. I love that. That's kind of unique. Um, okay, so tell me, how many members are you currently serving across the locations?
7: Uh, across all the locations, it's probably over 500 now. Um, but that's like the, the vast majority are coming just from this Middleton location because it's been there the longest. Um, The two existing locations outside of this one, uh, the one was supposed to have opened up over a year ago, ended up not opening up until really about six months ago. And then the other location just opened up at uh, the midpoint of July. So those two are very slowly building. And the military location is almost hitting its capacity at this point. Like we can't go too many more people on 24-hour access side of things because then it's just you're going to have a lot of people running into each other during you know, that five to seven o'clock hour, that's not so fun. Yes.
6: That peak time when all the benches are taken, everyone knows that feeling. <laughs>
7: yeah. Well, it's really interesting. I've spent most of my life in gyms mm-hmm. and every gym I ever worked at, the cardio equipment was always such a huge focus. Mm-hmm. There was always people on the treadmills. Like I would go to, uh, what's it called? Uh, Gold's gym and the treadmills were packed every single time. The ellipticals were packed. And so I bought seven treadmills, two ellipticals, a stair climber, bikes, all that stuff. Everything I thought, most of my money was almost spent on that when it came to equipment. And a fraction of the members actually use that stuff on a consistent basis. And here, for whatever reason, it's mostly the strength training equipment. So I'm now running out of capacity for the strength training. I'm like, do I sell off some of that cardio equipment to bring in more strength training equipment? I don't know if it's a general shift in fitness or if it's just my members themselves. Um, yeah. but it's been kind of fun to like, just watch and listen and learn and make adaptations as the business goes and grows.
6: Yeah, that's definitely interesting. I feel like there has been a shift lately. I mean, as far as like what I consume as like a female in fitness from yeah. there used to be like a super emphasis on like women just do cardio and now yeah. it's like totally flipped. It's like everyone wants to get strong. So maybe it is a little bit of that. So that's interesting yeah. to get track as a trend there.
7: I think the more things that are like piled onto us as people, the more we try and go back to our roots mm-hmm. and like our, our base, which I think of what people are starting to realize is movement and movement right. requires you to like lift things, move things, carry things, not just yeah. running in a straight line or bike in a straight line all the time.
6: Exactly. So, like we don't want to just burn, burn off lunch. We want to get strong. We want to be functional. Yeah.
7: yeah. How do you want to burn off lunch the most effectively? Well, have right. more muscle mass that burns more calories. It's, so Absolutely. Yes,
6: Okay. So, okay. So first locations getting close to max, how are you getting new people into those other locations? How are you getting the word out that you're expanding? How do you market basically?
7: Uh, So social media is obviously one big part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Try and post on social media at least once a day, if not twice a day, every single day, because people are always on their phones. Right. Um, Send out a lot of emails to our existing clientele, trying to get them to bring friends doing a lot of in-house benefits of like if you bring a friend, we'll give you a free session. Like take advantage of the people that you already have access to. I have my trainers email all of our existing email lists instead of trying to go out and find new people to bring them in. Like so many people are constantly trying to get more people into the gyms as opposed to trying to get the people that you already have access to to utilize the gym more in a way that will spend more money and help you to be more profitable. Um, So I really try and like just focus within and then do little hits here and there outside of the gym that are gonna have a bigger splash. So like I hold the party every single year for all my members and I try and get them to bring anybody and everybody they can. Get everybody that you can possibly get that's a new face into this space. It's free, I'll pay for all of it. It's fun, it's upbeat. Uh, it gets them to see that this is a fun atmosphere, not just a you know stuffy gym that no one wants to be in in the first place for the most right. part. Absolutely. Uh, I released a commercial about a month ago, not even like three weeks ago, That was very different than any other commercials out there. It's completely silent. It's black and white. Uh, People probably look at it like this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Why is this on TV? And that's exactly what I wanted them to think. They're watching Sunday night football and it's loud and it's bright and it's obnoxious and they're hitting mute every single time it gets too loud. And also when a commercial comes on, it's completely silent. I wanted them to look up and be like, why is my TV silent? I should check the volume. Well, why am I checking the volume? And so it just creates this thought in their head and, then they see Peter Cross Fitness. Uh, So anything that's just a a difference from the norm is what I want. I want to stand out. I want to be different. And I want to make sure it's a big hit every time it goes so it doesn't have to be constant bombardment of emails and flyers and like going to every event around town and making sure that every single person knows of the gym. In time, they will know of it through these more specific movements that I make, I guess, uh, in advertising.
3: Yeah, that's
6: really unique, the, the silent commercial. That's really smart. That's innovative. Um, tell, me, tell me about your social media presence. Do you use social and ad campaigns? Are you just posting organically? Do you have a, an Instagram for each location? Tell me about your social media.
7: Um, at some point, I'll probably create an Instagram for each location just because they do each have different stylings to them mm-hmm. and offer different things. But as of right now, it's just one central uh, social media for them. My personal social media has a ton of followers. I got a lot of followers when I was on that TV show for a little bit. So that helps to get the word out. Like the initial word of my gym opening was so easy to get out there because I had so many followers and there's a hype that came along with it because it was my first location. Right. Now it's the same people. I have the same followers I've had, you know, for the last five and a half years. So I'm just advertising the same people. It's not going to really benefit the business anymore. Like right. either they're here or they're not. Um, so the paid advertisement on Instagram and Facebook is really where I try and focus more of the time and energy. Um, and then just constant bombardment to the feed. When you're scrolling through the feed, you should see an ad, uh, an ad, if you will, uh, from my gym every single day, every single time you go onto that, hopefully you see Peter Krauts fitness in some way. Um, and even it's just like a quick little post about like, you know, Hey, come check out class today. Uh, or did you, uh, try this new workout today? Whatever it is, just something just to get the name back in front of them every single day.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me about the return you got from social media advertising. Did putting money on social media give you a return? Did you see a, a return from that?
7: Uh, there has been no, how do I say it? Like no real evident return on any form of advertising I've done except for the commercial so far. So, really?
6: You launched the commercial, you said like three weeks ago?
7: Yeah, I think it was like three weeks ago.
6: Okay. Yeah. What, well- response went to that like how do
7: you know people are, have seen it they come in well, saying you site? can no so you can just look at your analytics on the website okay so I, i'm driving every everything i do is always driven to the website because then the website has all the information
3: gotcha.
7: versus if i'm trying to get someone to like focus on the advertisement or i'm trying to get them to focus on the instagram page there's always like one or two pieces of information well what if they don't want that information they want something else all that's available on the website so get them to the website and then the website can get them to call or email or stop in or whatever it is. Right. So I can see the analytics on the website and it went from, you know I don't know, it was like 50 people a day to 70 to 90 to 120 to 150. Now it's like 200 website clicks a day, something like that, or 170, I think it is now, clicks per day. And it all started on that exact day that I launched the commercial. So now I can see an exact point of time And I know exactly where it came from versus like every time I do an Instagram post, well, that's not going to make enough of a hit to draw people to the website to make a noticeable increase. So now I know like this commercial worked. I'm going to do more things like this specifically and draw them to the website because then I can actually see the analytics and see where people are uh, really coming from.
6: Yeah, that's interesting that on that day you started to see an uptick in in website website clicks. It's awesome that it's paying off with that. Uh, so far (laughs) so far (laughs) so you've done social media a little bit of um ad campaigns on there and um tv commercials and then tell me about word of mouth how how important has that been for you
7: word of mouth is huge i think there's nothing that will ever benefit a business more than word of mouth uh because word of mouth usually comes from people you trust and if someone you trust told you to do something you're more likely to do it than if some random ad did um absolutely we have such an interesting world right now where everybody just sees an ad on Instagram can instantly click buy or purchase, right? And what they don't realize is in the background of every one of those ads, it's actually someone was paid to give their followers access to that commercial. It's called whitelisting. So like when someone would pay me to do an advertisement, they would pay to have access to all my followers to send paid advertisements for a certain period of time. And so every ad you're getting on Instagram is actually coming from someone that you probably follow and you don't even realize it. And so... That is like, it, like, most people will just click something that they needed at that moment, but if they don't need it, they have no reason to click on it. Right. Versus if someone that you actually know, trust, love, whatever it is, comes up and said, oh my God, did you try this gym? They have this really cool class that's unlike anything else here in town. You should totally come with me sometime. Mm-hmm. That person, even if they don't do it that first time, will now hear it six months down the road, a year down the road, two years around or down the road. As long as your business model is to be here for an extended period of time, it will benefit in the long run. If it's just to make good, quick hits and fill your classes fast, well, then bombard social media and give a bunch of free sales and free gifts and stuff like that. And people will come in. Uh, but I still think the longevity, best goal is to have word of mouth.
6: Definitely. Would you say that the, uh, the leads you get from word of mouth are predictable? Like every month you kind of know how many will come in from word of mouth or do you find it to be more of like a slow trickle or like an unpredictable
7: metric? Uh, it's not one that I can put a finger on yet. Yeah, I'll tell you that.
6: Yeah. That's, yeah. that's been interesting hearing from different gym owners. I've heard, you know, like the, the ad campaigns are good because you, you have analytics. Yeah. A lot of us are like data driven numbers people. And so when you do something like a commercial or an ad, you can see like who saw it and who clicked. Um, but with word of mouth, it can be a little bit more abstract because we don't know, you know, Yeah. every month, am I going to totally. get five? Or am I going to get one person? You know, I get, I get well, think
7: that was like word of mouth is free. Yeah. paying anybody sure. for word of mouth, right? So sure. I, I don't really, personally, this is just my thoughts on this. I don't care where it comes from right. because it's going to come at some point and it's, it, it, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. Versus I really care about the analytics of a, a paid advertisement because I have a tight budget. Like I'm doing this all on my own. If something doesn't work, I don't want to do it again. Right. And I really need to know if it did or not. So the commercial, I really want to do it again because I know exactly where those views came from. Uh, these like paper ads that could be sent out with all of your flyers and stuff. I think of my own life and think when I get those, I just think it's an overconsumption of paper and it's it looks like everything else that came with it, so I throw it away. Exactly. Um, so there's not a direct draw to that. Like yeah, I just need to be very careful with where I spend my money. And so if I can get the analytics, that's all I really care about. Where did I get the most attention? So it's the most bang for my buck type of thing.
6: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about big picture goals. We kind of talked about it a little bit off air, but what are your goals for the gym in the next three to five years? Where do you see yourself as the business owner and just the business in general going?
7: Yeah. Um, so I'm opening my fourth location yes. um, in early to mid January, whenever it happens, like all the items have been ordered, but you know how build outs can go. They can go any way. <laughs> it right. just takes one little right. snafu, uh, So that one should Kind of like start a new phase of Peter Cross Fitness, which is now we're getting to more holistic health uh, with contrast therapy. So we're doing uh, cold tubs and saunas in there for the first time. And then I'm on plan, I should say, it's not written in contract yet, but to open up uh, upwards of four more locations around the state within the next two years. And those are following one general management company that's opening up multiple locations around the state. And so it's just easy to go with them. They already have the spaces. They already have the apartment complexes. I just have to pay to be in them pretty much. Uh, So that will be an easy expansion. It just, do I have the funds to do it? And the way that I choose whether to expand or not at this point um, is, am I making enough cumulative from all the gyms that are existing to pay all of the bills per month of the next one. And the moment that happens, I just do it. Um, my thought is like, some will fail, some will succeed, but as long as I'm able to pay the bills, it doesn't matter. Cause then the rest will slowly keep building and building and building. And then the next one will come in and then those will keep building, building building. And so some failures can happen here and there. And it's not a huge deficit. Then if I take like a huge leap, And I go open a new gym that will spend, you know, $20,000 a month. And I can only spend $10,000 a month and then I'm in the hole and then they all fall apart. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll basically increase my gyms as fast as I can, uh, without risking the others. And so that plan leaves a lot of things up in the air. Like it could be 10, it could be 20, it could be, who knows how fast it could go. It could be a hundred. It's in the next, you know, 10, 20 years, whatever it is. Um, But yeah, my, my plan is to keep offering a really great service to a lot of people in uh, areas of town that have not yet been tapped into Um, offer affordable rates. I don't like increasing my rates while these other gyms are going up or down or throwing huge sales. I don't want to do it. My idea is the price is the price. Um, This is how much I need to charge to pay off my equipment and pay my rent. And then hopefully in time, make some money, um, It's kind of middle of the road. It's not the really cheap ones. It's not the really expensive ones. And uh, yeah, I just kind of go with it as it flows.
6: I like that. I'm curious, what is your like leadership structure, um, staffing structure? How do you keep things somewhat consistent between all the gyms as you grow? Hmm.
7: So staffing is pretty uh, straightforward and simple. It's anywhere from two to four hours a day and only staffed around the peak hours of uh, typical, try, how, how do I say, it? like, when would put someone normally come into the gym to purchase a membership? There'll be one or two people in the morning. There'll be one person maybe throughout the day that randomly comes in to buy a membership. Um, but there's maybe four or five that come in in the evenings after work. That's when they go to get all their errands done. Um, I noticed that in the mornings, we were not getting enough people to make it worth it. Like over a month period, how much did I spend per hour to have this place staffed versus how many people came in and what was their membership due per month? So did it really equate? And the answer is no. So I got rid of the morning hours. And then it was just evenings for four hours. And then I realized like people weren't really coming in after seven o'clock, so I whittled it back down to seven. And then it's like, okay, people really don't ever come in on Fridays. I've had one membership sign up on a Friday In this whole month, I'm bummed if I lose that person, but I'm also losing $40 every Friday to that member uh, potentially coming in because I have to pay my desk staff. So the like the cost was too high for the reward. So I cut Fridays. Uh, So again, like everything just kind of gets more refined as time goes, it's still a new business that I'm constantly growing and learning and all that about it. And I can quickly make modifications if needed. Uh, but the staffing all stays the same as the general staffing hours of like 3.30 or four o'clock until about seven, uh, we're staffed on Saturday mornings, So it's usually when people are out and about with families, getting a coffee, um, seeing town, like especially in the cute little downtown area that I'm here in Middleton, people are out just being active,
3: yeah.
7: um, uh, staffing. I just get people who really enjoy what they do. They like the community. they like me. They like the space. They get free classes and free gym membership. So I don't have to pay them $20 an hour to be here. I allow them to uh, do what they need at the desk, like do your homework, Um, watch a movie if you want. Just make sure that you don't have your ears full. Make sure that you are paying attention at all times people are walking by. Um, Making it just more of like a casual, comfortable space for them where it doesn't have to be like, you have to be on point at all times. Um, They clean as well. So I'm saving money with cleaning companies by having my staff who works the desk clean every single day as well. Uh, Yeah.
3: Awesome. Uh,
6: Okay. You mentioned that personal training is one of like the big, one of your biggest services that you offer. How do you find trainers? Um, Do you have like a barbershop model where they're kind of renting space? Do you hire them? Like, how do you, how do you structure trainers? Uh,
7: It's both. So I have, I actually give them the option. They can either come in here as an independent contractor or as an employee. If they're an employee, I give them a fee of $30 to $45 per session basically and then I take the rest of whatever we charge them for that session um, if they come in here they just owe me a flat $20 per session no matter what they charge they can charge $200 a session it doesn't matter to me just you have to pay $20 to rent the space if you will um, I find actually my two top trainers were members at the gym that I pulled out of the gym and trained to be trainers mm-hmm. um, and they're now the top two producing trainers which is awesome yeah
3: that's awesome so good
7: my belief in training is it's more about the personality and the person and the communication between you and your client than it is about the, you know, the training process, whatever it is. Right. Uh, many years ago, I worked at Anytime Fitness as a training manager and my lead trainer did very simplistic workouts. I saw him do a couple of workouts where they stood there most of the time and chatted and did like two moves. And that person signed on for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And what I came to realize is like, the person that's coming in with a trainer more than likely just doesn't want to work out and needs someone to help them. And any sort of movement is going to be beneficial. And if you can create a friendship and a companionship with that person, you'll benefit them in more ways than just physical fitness. And they'll still get fit. Like, don't get me wrong. This isn't the idea of, I just want someone to come in here and sit there and do nothing and talk to someone. I want them to actually get fit and healthy and all that, but you have to have someone can have, Communication and camaraderie with their their clients, not just ground and pound. I've seen that happen where people just come in and work their asses off, and you know are practically like crying by the end of the workout, and that doesn't benefit anybody. So
6: right, they're going to be know. so sorry and not want to come back in. But yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think training is like at least fifty percent psychological. Like you need someone that's going to you know motivate you that you're going to want to spend hours with every single week. That's a yeah. huge component of personal training. So I love that you yeah. you want in on people with good character. Uh, be trainers that's awesome um looking looking forward so one of your goals is to have you know multiple where do you see yourself as a business owner do you want to be super hands-on do you want to be you know in the gyms constantly where do you kind of see yourself as this grows
7: um I think I love being hands-on so I I really love the design process of all of it like in all these gyms I created all the floor plans I picked all the paints I pick all the fixtures um I often find them for cheaper than what the company that's going to do the build out could, which is great too because I can save costs right up front.
3: Yeah.
7: Um I really enjoy the build out and design of the business itself. Like where do we want to put our focus? Where do we want to put our um gyms, like all that kind of stuff? What do the gyms look like? That to me is fun. Like my original passion was art, like this behind me I painted.
3: Oh, I for, love that. That uh, awesome.
7: little stuff like that that's just kind of fun to do in each gym. And uh I would love to be as hands-on as possible, but not where I'm at right now. So, like, right now I'm teaching half the classes, okay. uh, gyms every day. Like, it's just a lot of work. I would like to be able to just go from gym to gym and all that at some point.
6: Yeah, totally. Now, I hear it from a lot of gym owners, you know, I'm training, like, 60 hours per week, but I also want to grow in other areas, and I really am passionate about this project, but, like, I can't do it because I'm all the hats. I'm all the people in the gym. So, yeah, yeah. no, I totally understand that. Yeah, especially as well, you grow. It goes
7: back to that idea of like, why did I cut Fridays? Mm
3: -hmm. Because
7: Fridays were not making enough money versus the amount that I was spending on people that were working them. It's the same thing with like that, you know, cost and reward analysis of yourself. If I spend 15 hours a week teaching classes, that's 15 hours a week that's missing from the community where I could be out there talking to people and bringing them into the gym. And that may not have immediate returns, but the long-term return, if I can pull in three people a month in five years means, you know, what, 36 times five, whatever that is, uh, that many people, and you multiply that by $50 a month of membership, it ends up being a much greater return than me teaching a class for five to 10 people. Cause we have, you know, small classes that someone else could teach.
6: Exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As you grow, that's going to be more and more important. Um, totally. As you scale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Before we close out the episode, um, can you please yeah. tell the listeners advice you would give someone to, Who is starting a gym tomorrow? Like what's something that you wish you knew before you got into owning your own
7: business? Uh, It's going to cost a lot more than you ever realized. That's the biggest thing. So either have a lot of money saved up, like a lot of like double the amount of money you think you need to have saved up because there's going to be a lot of unforeseen costs throughout time, especially with the pandemic. Um, But you're not gonna make a lot of money up front. And there's going to be times where like, especially here in the Midwest where we have seasons where during the winter it's busy, but then over the holidays it's dead. And in the summer it's dead. And then in the fall, it's busy. It's like, you got to just be able to ride every wave that comes to you. Um, so that'd be the most important thing. Uh, Cause I think every business fails more often than not, because they just don't have enough money saved up in advance. And then rather than trying to plan every little thing, I tell this to all my clients. Like I have so many clients that want to start their own small business friends and all that. And all I tell them is just do it. Stop trying to plan every step of every motion of every week, month, year, whatever it is, plan out a business plan, like create a business plan for you know 36 months of what each month should look like in growth. How many members you have to get in to make that growth, where those members need to be within your gym, whether it's personal training or classes or general fitness have a plan, but then be, be ready to just make a million changes. And so just do it. Stop trying to plan on everything and just do it and learn with your failures. When you fail, try something different. You're going to fail again, try something different. When you fail again, say, it only failed because I just didn't do it as well as I could have. I'm going to keep doing it again. Um, so I think most people just get stuck with the fear of the unknown and they'll make a million different excuses for all the things that they're not ready to do yet as opposed to just doing it and allowing it to happen.
6: Exactly. I totally agree. Like, there's never going to be like the perfect time to start your business. Like, you huh. just have to, you have to jump in head first and yeah, yeah. fail fast. And I feel like you learn more from a failure than you do from a success. Like, if it would have been like easy going always, I mean, everyone would do it and you would learn nothing. So,
3: yeah,
6: fail fast. Yeah, and, yeah learn from your mistakes. I love yeah. that. Okay. Well, Peter, I think this is a good place to start to wrap things up. But before we go, tell everyone sure. where we can find you. What's your social media? What's your website?
7: Uh, so you can just go to petercrossfitness.com. That's our website. Um, our Instagram is petercrossfitness. And then my personal Instagram is uh, petercrosswi. Uh, they all kind of share the same general message, but then my personal, Im- or personal uh, Instagram will be a little bit more about my personal life. Um, but hey, you can go on there and check it out. Uh, we're only in Madison and Middleton right now, but in time, hopefully we'll see more locations around the country and uh, awesome. people can come visit us.
6: Awesome. Yeah, everybody check out the website, um, Peter Cross Fitness. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can't wait to see what you accomplished on the road. Hopefully you'll have one in in all of our cities soon. Um, But thank you so much today for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. And to everyone who tuned in today, um, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyd's out.